Three Peeps in a Podcast. This is the regular show of Three Peeps in a Podcast. Um, lately, we've done a lot of bonus shows. So the bonus show is all about Bristol City, post-match reaction, and a couple of Robins reunited. So we get two ex-players or ex-staff of Bristol City back together for a chat. But it's nice to be back on the regular show, the original show. This is episode 154. Uh, 153 was with Steve Lansdowne. That was on your birthday, Rich. Rich, 50th birthday. What a smasher that was. Well, it's nice for Steve to show his face at last, but um, I'm sure I'm sure he was more than happy to gate crash my birthday party. I, I sure he I sure he enjoyed it, Patch. I'm sure he was delighted to meet me as well. He seemed after, to really uh, enjoy it, and yeah, we couldn't couldn't get him off the show. Come the end, he was um, wanting to stay on and chat forever. But yeah, we had a game to watch, didn't we? Well, I was going to mention your um your bonus show by now regarding Bristol City. Not the best season to have uh, <laughs> launched it, was it? Well, it wasn't. It wasn't out of choice. It was. Um, it must have been know, difficult. I, out of necessity, really, um, you know, having a having a pandemic hit and then having to fill fill our time, it's uh, it's kept kept the wolf from the door, so to speak, Rich. Well, I'm, I'm glad you, I, don't, I didn't really listen to a lot of the last ones because just watching it was bad enough. So I don't I don't want to listen to you two then remind me of how bad it was. So, well, thanks for apologies. The pod- thanks for selling the podcast really well, there, Rich. Well, I'm, I'm just selling this show. This show. This is show, this is the show I'm on. So I'm <laughs> I'm just selling this one. This this time. This yeah. is the important one. Yeah, um, and obviously as part of the podcast, Rich, uh, you and I will be playing in a charity football match next next Friday, 5 p.m. kickoff at Ashton Gate. Um, thanks to our sponsors, the Nexus Group of the bonus show. Um, it's Nexus XI versus Tour Life XI. So um, we're going to be playing in that. Some, some big names uh, we've got from the rugby world, which one of our guests would be interested in. We've got Victor Abugu. Uh, Peter Rogers, Craig Chalmers, Delon Arm- Armitage. So you can tell I'm a big rugby man, can't you? Um, <laughs> all playing um, from from the football world. Scott Murray, Cole Skews, Kevin Amanqua, Rob Edwards, Gary Hours, Joe Brunel, Tony Thorpe and Lewis Carey. And uh, I'll throw a few more names at you, Rich. One one for you, Tom Davis. Big fan yeah, of him, aren't you? King Gary. Fan, well, no pun intended, but yeah, massive fan of uh, Tom Davis. We'll put you centre back, I think, with Tom Davis. Impenetrable, I think. I think I'm gonna have to cover him a bit. I think I'll be doing a lot of sweeping up there. I think. <laughs> yeah, um, Tamar Hassan from the business. Do you remember that that film, Rich, with Danny Dyer? I think I remember him more from. Is it Green Street? Another Danny Dyer classic. Right, Football Factory or something like that. I'm sure he was. Yeah, that, that's that's the one. Football yeah. Factory. Yeah. And then from Robbins TV, Toby Osborne, Peter Trago. I think I think we're going to pop him in goal. And Alex Beresford's going to do the the weather live pitch side um, and then play at the same time. I don't know how that's going to work, but uh, could be interesting. Joe Sims and Joe Joyce on the touchline, um, amongst others from the from the music world. So really looking forward to that, Rich. And obviously for us, it's a dream come true to play on the hallowed turf. I can't wait, Patch. And I. What kind of footwear are you wearing? Do you reckon it'll take a stud, moulded's? Well, I think it will take a stud. If you'd listen to our bonus show episode where we interviewed the groundsman, then you'd know a bit more about that. So I'm going to, you know, let you listen to that and you can make your own mind up then. Okay, I'll just wear a But yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I actually have 
bought a, a pair of football boots, which I probably need to wear before before um, Friday next week. But if you do want to come along, um, there are we can get 500 spectators in. Um, so it's £10 a ticket. Contact us at 3piapc at gmail.com um, and we'll let you know how to do that. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to that, Rich. Uh, sorry, on how, to, how are we picking the sides, Patch? Um, well, so basically the tour life guy is, is more into the music industry. So he's got, he's got lots of music, um, people, people from, uh, radio and, and record companies, etc. And then some of the, the rugby guys, and then half of the ex city players. And basically the others, the other team, our team, the Nexus group, we've got us <laughs> half the ex city players. And then the, the, other celebrity players basically so a lot of science has gone into to the picking of the team i could imagine yeah but yeah you're in goal okay um moving on so uh our guest we got guests today we got three guests um and they they came into my mind again recently when i was listening to radio bristol and i heard that they were part of a collaboration with hobbs house to serve 50,000 bacon sandwiches to nhs staff at southmead um in the height of the second wave i think it was but it wasn't the first time i'd heard of these guys um a very good friend of mine james burge i remember him uh, many years ago uh saying that he'd got hold of some sausages from crossfit which which really um you know confused me at the time and i thought do i really want to get sausages from crossfit but i did actually try them and they were absolutely fantastic and he 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 reminded me uh, of the fact that he knew these guys and i thought what better way to to celebrate the success that they've had than to get them on bristol's number one podcast so uh, josh ollie and max from the jolly hog how are you guys yeah good good doing well thanks for having us yeah, thank you so much for for coming on. Um, and I guess the the first question is: I can see kind of where the Jolly Hog name has come from. Uh, Josh Ollie, obviously that makes the Jolly. But uh, Max, are you are you the Hog? Uh, <laughs> some people think I'm the Hog. Um, really, I'm the middle child, and I just got left out. Um, that was the real story. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you're all you're all brothers. Um, and you grew up in Winterbourne, is that right, Max? Yeah, yeah, we grew up in Winterbourne, Winterbourne Down. Um, we went to the Ridings High School, uh, and yeah, Bristol born and bred. Um, I, actually, uh, our mum and dad are being 40 years in the same house, Winterbourne Down, and they're just moving, so um, which is a, a big, big time in the Cone household. Can I just wow. ask, can I just ask what road they live in? Because in between jobs, I'm a graphic designer, I was a, a postman for three years about 10 years ago, and my round was Winterbourne. So Huckford Road, that kind of, that uh, uh, Green Dragon Road. I'm not that sure they're going to give out, give out their parents' oh, address mean, on yeah, a podcast, the, Rich. Not the number, obviously, but... Wow. Uh, down down Road, it was. Down Road. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. So a nice, nice, little, nice little village, Winterbourne. I did, I'd never really kind of come across it growing up, but when I was a postman there, I thought it was lovely. Rich, I um I did a uh, I did um, something similar but not quite as good. I did a um, a paper round, um, and it was one of my first jobs. And um, the Max and Josh reckon that mum and dad mum did most of it, like drove me around. <laughs> uh, I got paid seven pound fifty a week um, uh, from the news agents on Bradley Avenue. Yeah, uh, I know it. My first gig, it's my first venture into the real world. It was tough. It was tough, crap. It was. A you didn't. Job. You didn't enter the real world, mate. His mum did it. Oh, <laughs> and you spend the money on sweets. 
that's, that's the whole point of the job, wasn't it, really? Uh, yeah, no, I think I got, did get my mum to drop me around, do my paper round a few times as well when it was raining. Yeah, you've got, you've got to look after yourself. Um, so grew up in Winterbourne, three brothers. I think the oldest is Ollie. Is that correct? Yep. So, Ollie, as the oldest brother, obviously you're you're shepherding these guys all the time. I assume is that is that generally how it works? Yeah, I've had to take them under my wing since day dot, leading the path um, for them. Um, no, yeah, I I guess like we we it's, it's a it's a good dynamic. We're three brothers. We work together every day. Um, obviously, we grew up together. We went to the same school. Uh, and we actually get on really well. I mean, we've had loads of Barneys along the way. Don't get me wrong, that happens. Um, but because we are close um, and we've always been close as a family, it works. Um, and, you know, I guess how do people ask us, you know, what, what's the kind of who does what within the Jolly Hog? And um, we always describe it, that, you know, Max would be usually working on a spreadsheet. I would be um, sometimes on a PowerPoint presentation and Josh would have, a pencil behind his ear, uh, and that's kind of usually how we sum up. Would that be fair, Josh? Yeah, yeah, I would, I would say that's fair. Yeah. Absolutely, um, but ultimately, we get on really well, and we kind of um, we kicked off the business in two thousand and eight together, uh, and we haven't looked back since. And what's the age group? Uh, sorry, the age gap between you guys? We can do age and weight if you want to do weight. <laughs> uh, go, let's go for it. Uh, a BMI. Um, who's got the vaccine? Um, no, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm forty, so I've hit the big four zero. Yeah. Oh, so do you say is that age or stone? Um, very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Um, and then uh, Max is thirty seven. Josh, what are you? I'm thirty four. Stone. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah I I turned yeah. uh, I turned forty in March in the in the you know the height of not being able to do anything, which was fantastic. But we managed to managed to get a bit of uh, you know a bit of a, a gathering. That's, that's the last of the ages announcements. Yeah, Rich, how old are you? Uh, fifty patch hit yeah, 50, fifty in April. Don't look at it, does he, chaps? No, no, no you look really well. well. Really well. It's good lighting. That's his party it, it, check. Yeah, strategically placed in the corner there. <laughs> but just to, just go back to the to the dynamic. So three brothers, six years between you. Um, we interviewed the Beefy Boys uh, a few months back, who yeah. um, who aren't brothers, but they're all very close friends. And there was a bit of nervousness from them about going into business together because of how good they were as friends. Obviously, as brothers, you know, it's blood. You you can't, you, well, you can fall out with each other, but it's always going to be, you know, the blood to bring you back together. But just coming to you then, uh, Josh, th that dynamic, you, you as as Ollie said, you must have have a few disagreements, but um, it's generally quite quite thick as thieves, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I would say that it's, we just have a good understanding, you know, so we, and we, I think from the very start, we, made it really clear about what we wanted to do within the business. You know, like I never wanted to be a man behind a laptop. It was never my strength. So I was always going to be the man on the ground. And because we've all got that understanding, it makes it work. And, you know, we just bring, and as with time's gone on, you know, one person's working hard one day, another person's working hard another day. You know, we just understand that it, what goes around comes around, you know, and sometimes we all get our head down and get on with it. Then we, and we, we all trust and respect each other enough to just, uh, believe that, you know, everyone's got the right intentions and, and it's grafting, you know? 
Yeah, brilliant. Let's yeah. get back to the to the start. Obviously, um, I'm I'm on your website, which I must say is very good, very good, and you've got the story on there. Um, so started in 2008 when Ollie, who was playing rugby for Harlequins, was uh, was out of action with an injury. So um, you know, injuries almost the injury, and the fact that you've got a sausage making machine is the birth of the business. Is that is that the long and short of the of the birth? Yeah, it did. It started um, with a small attachment, which I got for my birthday uh, from my wife, Ella. And um, it was it was it literally started from then. The obsession about making sausages started from then and curing bacon. And at that time, I had a year out um, with injury, um, which happens in professional sport. And um, I started making sausages. I learned through YouTube. Um, uh, and I said to Josh, look, don't... Um, you're not really enjoying working with dad. Um, why don't you jack it in and come and make sausages with me? Uh, and do you remember that, Josh? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, yeah. At the time, I was making furniture with my dad. And, uh, yeah, it, my true love was always food. Yeah. So it, always food. it literally started from, uh, you know, making sausages in the kitchen when I was playing for Harlequins um, and, and then by hand and then selling them at a stall um, which, you know, if anyone's been to Twickenham for big games at Twickenham, that lots of people open up their car parks and um, garages and stuff like that and pitch up barbecues. And that was one of us. Um, and, and, you know, in our first day trade, I, I've said it quite a few times, but our first day, you know, we, we took 500 quid and me and Josh skipped away thinking we were millionaires. Um, and, um, uh, and we realised it cost us about 800 quid to be there. And, <laughs> and that, we, that we loved it. That we'd had such a good day and we were like people were raving about these sausages that we'd made by hand the day before um and uh, but we didn't really know what we were doing but it didn't matter because we loved it um and that was the most important thing and then you know josh can tell you more about you know the early days of events uh, and and we've grown from there haven't we josh yeah we have i mean the, the early days like what he was saying we literally because they had no preservatives in them so we used to make them the day before to sell them the next day and then whatever we didn't sell I had to eat do you know what I mean so it was just like you know it was just tough but it was um but no was, yeah, but you know in those early days we really sort of understood what people wanted and and we just like I said before we just loved it I like loved making sausages and I loved making food that people enjoyed eating you know so it was just I felt like we were on to a winner but the problem was is that we weren't <laughs> you know yeah, we weren't business savvy at the time. What, yeah. what do you think was the magical, what, what set yours apart, do you think? What was the kind of magical ingredient um, you, that you believe? I guess like product Secret. I just think it was just, they were just, at the time, they were very, very high meat content and all the ingredients were fresh. And I just don't think it's rocket science. I just think that no one was doing it at the time. And, um, and we've always proud, like, we've always prided ourselves on uh, big flavours. So we weren't scared of going, do you know what? People want big flavours. All, we, all we've got here is these bland, everyday sausages that everyone seems to eat. Um, but we just said, okay, we're going to go big flavours and see what people think, and they loved it. So, well, <laughs> sorry, I don't want to say it. It's got to be too big-headed, but, you know, people seem to enjoy it. So you got to be. you got okay. to be. Big it up. Um, so, so you were making furniture. And, Max, how did you get dragged into this? Um, well, the story goes that uh, Ollie basically bribed me um, 
to do it over a fry up. It was easy. Um, so well, yeah, well, well, we, well, oh, yeah, I was ship breaking, but I was also helping um, on the side. So on weekends, I would come down on the barbecues and cook and help do everything kind of with with everyone. And um, and then when it got to a point where like it was, it was like quite getting quite popular, but they had no, we had no structure in the whole business at all. Um, I don't even think we had a bank account. It was like there was cash flying everywhere. No one had a clue what they were bloody doing. My mum was doing the accounts, bookkeeping on the side of her job. It was just like a shambles. And so um, decided to, Ollie basically bribed me. He just said, will you, will you come on full, full time um, into this, where I was just sort of helping out on the side at that point. And uh, yeah, I left my sort of well-paid, secure job in London uh, to uh, chase the sausage dream um basically and uh it was tough like it was a tough transition um for sure and I me mean, josh will vouch like we we had we had months we i remember we had three months in a row where me and josh took zero pounds <laughs> um and i just like you know mortgage to pay and it was just like bloody hell what am i doing but um we we knew there was a demand and then we knew there was a, a way in which we could turn it into a successful business. The problem we had is we didn't have any money. We didn't have any investment. We don't come from money. So it was a difficult uh, start. And uh, yeah, if we do it all again, I definitely would like to have a bit of cash in the bank to just skip a few of the uh, years of graft, I guess. But um, that was my entry into the business. And I just started putting in loads more structure on it to make sure that actually whatever we were doing was worth doing. Mm. and all the effort every week was worth it and then from there we could grow uh, and, and then yeah, we did so there must be there must be times in those early days max where where you, you thought as you just said what am i doing and you could easily have closed the book there but but what what makes a successful business is 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 driving through those times i guess and and coming out the other side and and getting the getting the growth yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's, there's, you know, uh, we joke all the time about the dark times, the, you know, the times where you didn't sleep all night because you realise you've got to pay someone tomorrow and you've got no cash in the bank and borrowing money off mum and dad and, like, you know, relentless help from friends and family just to scrap and beg, borrow and steal at the start. And um, you certainly do have, like, sort of tough times uh, where you have to question why, why you're doing it. Uh, but it really it does make you stronger. And I would say one yeah. thing about our business is we are, uh, we're rock, we are robust characters. Like, we can handle the ups and downs. We've been through quite a few. And uh, we've been going for 13 years, and it's not been easy. And we've had lots of success along the way, but also loads of, loads of failures. And uh, it's just part of the journey. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking at a picture on 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 the website here, um, Ollie, of of you and a, a Michelin star chef. I think. Tell us about that. Was that back in 2011? It says things really began to change, and your next day was on GMTV talking about your sausages. Yeah, well, that, that's exactly it, and I think actually that's one of the big things that kind of really sparked the the business in the early days. We were literally. Hand, me and Josh were hand making sausages, you know, going to street food festivals and and Glastonbury and things like that. And and then um, I was I was playing at Harlequins at the time, as I said. And basically, um, Michelle Rowe Jr. came up to the training ground, and the boys started joking, going, "Oh, Ollie's making sausages." And I was like, "This is so embarrassing. Don't even do it." And um, and then he he was like, "Oh well, well maybe um, maybe I'd like to try these sausages." And I was like, "No way." So I was like, "Josh, right." 
let's get in, let's make some really like badass sausages um, because I'm going to take them to Michelle Reed Jr. He was like, what? So anyway, like we did it. We took them in in a plastic bag. <clears throat> Le Gavroche is like two Michelin star restaurant, pretty swanky place, like full of heritage and history and like best in the business. Dropped these sausages off, like scuttled out the door. And then, and then the next day it was, um, it was National Sausage Week um, by coincidence. And Michelle Reed Jr. was being interviewed um, on GMTV. Um, it was Daybreak, actually. Um, and, um, and then, yeah, they said, well, you know, what's your favorite sausage? And he said, um, the Jolly Hawk and like, like it went bonkers. Like it was like money can't buy PR. And we, the, at the time I'd set up the website with my mobile number on it and, uh, it just went off the chart. Like we were just getting peppered and, and like, it was the best day ever, Josh, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We knew we knew, we, we knew we made it well. Before we made it at that point, it was a... Uh... We absolutely hadn't made it at that point, by the way. Did you have the feeling that when you walked away with your £500, or was it a little bit different? No, but uh, we were still diamond off it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, felt, it just felt like... Um, it just felt like we knew we had something that would, would, would that was going to work, you know? So, you know, yeah, we're probably making this for the wrong word, but, you know... But yeah, we knew we could make it work at that point. We knew the product was good. Were you guys watching it live at the time, Max? Did you were you watching uh, Daybreak live at the time, or no? I, it, were no. any of you watching it live? No, none of us are watching it. Like no one. I mean, who, who watches that? Yeah, I mean, who's got time to watch that? Um, I, I remember, like, yeah, phone going off the hook and loads of loads of excitement. Um, but yeah, we watched it back a lot, <laughs> but not live. No. Brilliant. That's fantastic. Rich. I was just I was just interested. Obviously, you're in the Harlequins car park with your sausages. How is it flitting between the two kind of the sausages and the rugby career? How is how difficult was that? Well, it was like always the one thing that I wanted to I always wanted to set up my own business and I always knew it was going to be in food. So and as a rugby player, you never know when you're going to get injured. So you, you kind of need to prep. Um, and so I started doing, you know, thinking about ideas for a long time. It was a tricky balance because my, you know, I was a professional rugby player ultimately, um, and that was my job to go out and perform on the pitch for Quinns uh, every weekend if I got selected. Um, but at the same time, having a career and a, a job and something to work on outside of professional sport, it really sets you up. It gives you perspective because the hardest parts of um, professional sport are being injured or not selected. And this get, you know, we talk about dark times where you have quite a few as a professional sportsman and um, it, gave, it gives you perspective, really um, something different to think about. But yeah, there were certain times where I, you know, walk into change rooms thinking of sausages and hog roast and the boys would be like, is that, are you been prepping right for the game? I bet. Yep. Yep. Brilliant. Yeah. Fantastic. Love it. So, I mean, Let's move on a few years. And when did you start to get your sausages produced and into shops slash supermarkets? What was the journey there? I don't know who wants to take that one. Take it. Yeah. Um, so what we did was um, we used to produce all of our sausages and bacon ourselves in a little unit um, in St. Anne's, just on the feeder road. So my dad uh, had his furniture business there for about 25 years and we had this little room on the side of it bolted on me and Josh actually 
built the room out of old fridge panels that we basically nicked from someone um, or got for free somewhere off a scrapyard or something. And, and we pieced them all together in this room and um, and we started and we put a, 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 a chiller unit on the side and um, and away we went. And it was, yeah, we got, we got up to, Josh did a majority of all production um, and... I was kind of running the business side of it and Ollie was getting new business. And that's kind of how we split it in those days while Ollie was still playing. And, um, and we, we just produced as many as we could, but we got to a point where we couldn't do any more. Um, we got to a point where we did about a ton of sausages a week um, in a tiny little room and it just wasn't really sustainable. It's fantastic, but it was, we couldn't do the production and then the event side in the food markets and, and whatnot. It was just all too much. So we decided to start um, trying to find a partner who could produce our recipes to our spec. And um, it took a while because uh, we were hand mixing and doing kind of uh, things very differently to the high speed environment that you see in like modern day manufacturing, where it's like pumped through the lines really quickly and can get quite an emulsified texture. Um, And uh, it was like a big thing for us was how can we keep that butcher style coarse product that we'd spent so long developing and people love and, and get someone else to do it for us. It took a while. Once we did that and we found a partner and we also found a partner to do our bacon, um, it meant the doors could open to supermarkets for us. And then we got a listing with Ocado, the online supermarket was our first one. We had a tiny listing, one sausage line and one bacon line. I think it was, uh, doing absolutely bugger all sales but it was like we were that was our like millionaires moment you know wow we're gonna we're gonna be millionaires obviously we weren't at that point at all probably still not getting paid uh, (laughs) i'd imagine josh but um we we did that point it opened the doors to the dream was to get products in supermarkets be the best quality sausage and bacon in a supermarket and that was the gate the gateway to doing it and and guess to josh what was what was that first product what was that that sausage was it uh, you know a, a classic pork sausage what was it yeah it was our proper pork sausage so it was like a, a punchy pork and sage sausage um yeah we we're high meat content and yeah that was the uh that and that's still our number one sausage now it's um yeah it's, it's not it's not my favorite but it's it's one the one that everyone loves so yeah Traditional, I guess, traditional sausage that you've got, you know, the, the most market share with, I guess, is always the one that if people go for, I guess, is the most traditional sausage. I think more and more people, you know, I like I like to try all the all, you know different flavors. Um, but yeah, it's 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 the one that sort of gets you that market penetration, I guess. Yeah, 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 it does. It's, it's the one it's the one that everyone can relate to and, and, and knows, you know, so it's, um, you know, people, you know, like to. People don't always like to stray too far or they like to try something and then and then they'll start trying different products you know so once they know once they know that our basic sausage is really good then they're more confident in trying different flavors yeah you, know? you just say that people can relate to a sausage <laughs> not many people yeah, but, yeah. Brilliant. you're about 85 percent sausage meat aren't you <laughs> Mate, look that's at that. Good... Look at that chin. There's more than more than 85%. That's a good Christmas percentage. Time, Ollie and Max's favorite joke was that I was 90% gammon. Um, <laughs> that was their favorite joke. Still good. Love it. Love Dry it. kid. <laughs> yeah. Go on, Rich. I thought you were leaning into the mic then. 
Well, I was going to say, without, without swearing or causing any sort of riots. Don't annoy him, Rich. God's sake. <laughs> uh, obviously, with the the plant-based food nowadays, it seems to be sweeping the, the shelves. Is that something you would ever get on that avenue? Or are you, are you meat, meat only? Would you ever do a, a vegan version of what you do? No, so we've moved it. So like this year we launched um, Jolly Hen. So we, we, we've gone from hog Hunting. to hen yeah. uh, into a new protein. Um, I can see us looking at other proteins long-term, definitely. Um, and there's some really amazing innovation with, you know, pea proteins um, in the vegan sector. So um, yeah, definitely. Um, I can see us looking at things like that long-term. You know, our core business is always going to be um, pork, sausage and bacon, I believe. Yeah. Um, because that's what we're really good at uh, and we love, but not to say we wouldn't go into other areas. And I think, I think the movement towards, you know, let's, let's not be around the bush, like processed meats is at a bad time uh, in the press and people are eating less um, processed meats uh, in general um, and, and it's in decline. But our belief is that when people do have a really good bacon sandwich on a Saturday or a Sunday with the family, that they make it really bloody good. Um, and it's really good quality bacon. It's not cheap. It's good, good quality dry cured bacon in sourdough with butter and brown or red sauce, whichever your, is your preference. And brown, yeah, brown. There you go. Got me brown. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, and and that's that's our belief, and that's where we kind of position ourselves as a company. Um, but yeah, it's it's in big growth. Veganism's in big growth. Before, before we come on to um, the opening up of your restaurants, I just want to touch on your, your time, your first time at Glastonbury back in 2013. Um, who wants to take this question? I mean, you said you've got one hour of sleep a night. And I, I, Rich, you go to Glastonbury every year well, when, it, when, it's, when it's on. Um, and I can only imagine the chaos that, that would have ensued and the crowds and the weather probably. But uh, I know who wants to take that question? Go for it. Yeah, I'll take this one. Um, yeah, I, I know it well because I ran that uh, week um, for us while Josh was on the piss with all his mates at Glastonbury. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I refused to work it because Glastonbury is just like a... Well, Josh was actually, he was actually annoyed that we got a pitch because he was, <laughs> yeah, he, he, was he, he was like going to be considered to have to work it when like he hadn't worked, he hadn't... That was the one week off a year he'd had for about 10 years before that. Um <laughs> But it was, uh, yeah. I assume, he came, I assume he came to eat there every day. No, he turned no, up. He turned up like no. an absolute disgrace, off his <laughs> nut, like just wiggling his hands around with sunglasses on and wearing like some sort of hippie trousers. But, um, <laughs> but like we, we did it. We got a pitch, and um, we were in Shangri La, um, which, for those who know it, is absolute carnage. Um, and it's the place where people go after midnight, after you've finished at the pyramid stage or whatever, you go down there to finish your night um, on some, uh, having a very happy time in various different ways. <laughs> and it's quite hard to sell food <laughs> down there. So it was, uh, we, was, we, we shifted a lot of water um, and quite a few toilet rolls um, <laughs> because people are quite desperate at that time. Um, yeah. But it was, uh, it was great. I mean, we... We love Glastonbury. We've done it what, five, six times. Um, we're back there. Well, we were supposed to be back there this year. We're going to be back there next year. Um, and it's great. It's an amazing event. Um, but you don't sleep uh, for a week. Uh, wow. You get there on the Sunday before, and then you leave the Monday after. So it's eight days, 
and yeah you get a couple of hours because you want to enjoy it you want to go and see so you know you work your shift um especially when we were at Shangri-La we were open well most of the pitches we've had to be fair we've 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 been open for like 22 hours a day um because we do because we've got really strong breakfast offer we're we're one of the few that are up really early like dishing out bacon rolls at like 7 a.m when people are having a little wander around so it's um but it's a hell of an event uh, and we'd love to continue to do it forever so i'm literally heartbroken because uh, yeah my last year was the last one 2019 didn't secure a ticket for 2020 obviously that was cut off so it's rolling over to next year so i'm not going to next year's so 2022 23 is gonna be the ne- my next one for no fault of my own, I, I hasten to add. So if Josh, uh, if Josh isn't do it in, in putting his way and you want someone to help out <laughs> for, for eight hours a day just so I can get a free ticket next year, then uh, I'll be delighted to, to stay. Eight hours. You'll have to do more than eight hours, but it's a hard Hard graft as well, Rich, I bet. Well, I'll just pop I'll just pop to the toilet and just disappear for the next day. <laughs> right, yeah, I'm in. We, See you later, lads. Yeah, there's a few of those every year. Yeah, it's a good uh, place to hide. Yeah. But it, is the best, it is the best weekend of the year by yeah, far. I'll, I'll go one day when I'm 40. Oh, shit, I am. <laughs> um, so coming on to July the 4th, Independence Day, I don't know if there's anything in that, 2015, you opened your first pop-up restaurant in, in London. How come you chose London for the first one and not Bristol? Um, do you want to go for that one, Ollie? Yeah, I don't know. We've made loads of mistakes. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, um, we chose that. Uh, long story short is um, Will Correa, a, a player um, who um, I, I played with at Quinns, um, got injured the same as me. And we said, oh, let's do something, maybe a, a pop-up in London. And we'll call it Banger Bar. Um, and we'll use the Jolly Hog sausages and kind of pimp them up and make the best sort of hot dog we can. We, we found this really trendy um, hotel in... Shoreditch. Shoreditch. Um, uh, called Ace Hotel and had a juice bar a raw juice bar so like totally the opposite end of the scale to what we were doing and in the evening we set it up and it was right next to a um, bar for uh, homosexual men Um, and um, that's a gay bar mate yeah (laughs) hence the sausage and and the it was called um, the night was called It's a Hard Cock Life Um, and um, (laughs) And our sausage bar was next to it. We sold no sausages for a month, like nothing. It, it was a complete disaster. It was called Banger Bar, a really good product, really like, good fun. We didn't sell much. And then from that, sorry, this is a long story. I'll cut it a bit shorter. But we um, we decided that we'd really love to do some sort of restaurant if we could. And we um, we were down at Wapping Wharf and we met the guy who set up Wapping Wharf, Stuart at Umberslade, met him for a coffee and said, look, we love sausages and we'd love to set up a concept in this area. Um, and um, we sat with a clicker and tried to work out how many people were going to come across the bridge from Bevanster through it. And it, at the time, it was a gravel car park, right? Down at Wapping Wharf, there was nothing there. Very different to what it is now. And we were one of the first, I believe, one of the first restaurants to sign up in Cargo One. Um, and at the time, we were offered one shipping container. We said, could we have three? We got three. And, in, and we, you know, me, Max and Josh and Dad set up this restaurant from scratch with Will Collier. And it was just three shipping containers and we put a kitchen in it. We called it Pigsty, home of the hog. Uh, that was five years ago. And it's been a massive learning curve. It's been awesome fun. Um, and, you know, every now and again, we might make a little bit of cash from it. Um, but it's been a roller coaster. you know, the last, especially the last year, you know, hospitality's had uh, like a pretty tough time. Uh, and we've seen it from both sides, you obviously with being 
in restaurants and in retail. Um, but yeah, that's how the restaurant started. And, and, and the, it, that was really from a love of the products that we've got, a showcase, a place to showcase them. So amazing Scott Jakes, pig boards, pig macs, whole hogs, pork belly, like all the good stuff in life, like crackling and things like that. And it, it just came from that. And plus we can go in there and get free coffee whenever we want. So it's just like, this is a no brainer. Um, have you guys tried the pig wings in there or not? No, I haven't tried the pig wings. No, I've been in several times, but um, yeah, on, the way, yeah. Yeah, on the way to football, I popped in a few times. Obviously, yeah. you, missed, you missed out on that this year. Obviously, with no, we've no sport on at Ashton Gate. Yeah, you kind of missed passing, that foothold. Going trade, past. Isn't it? Yeah, it's been um, as I say, it's been a tough year for for that. I mean, we've been a take, we've operated as a takeaway for quite a long period of time. We've learned a lot about restaurants because um, we opened another one on Gloucester Road, mm. um, and that was open for about a year, much bigger site, um, and then we closed that after about a year of trade. Um, to focus on other areas of the business so as i say you, you know we've tried a few different things you know it's, it's great off. i i love the fact that you do this sort of test and learn approach with with the way yeah. you where you um approach the business and you know that 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 restaurant on gloucester road i went in there several times um and i really really liked it but obviously it's it was it was very big yeah. um and as that was that sort of trying to fill that was that not working for you or is it just something you want to test test and learn again? I guess like, you know, in hindsight, opening up uh, a pork based restaurant on Gloucester road, which is like, felt like the universe, you know, the vegan capital of the universe um, at the time probably wasn't a great idea. And, you know, and we backed ourselves like, like you guys, we, we thought we knew Bristol um, and what people wanted. And it, it wasn't that it was a big failure. It was just the fact that um, we had other areas of the business that were more profitable um, and that we wanted to focus on to develop the brand and sort of, as we say, you know, chase our sausage dream. Mm. Um, and, and, and that's why we did it. We changed it. But yeah, I, 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 I like the way you said test and learn. Um, like it was kind of um, a plan. <laughs> plan yeah. uh, it definitely wasn't planned. And actually, like, you know, we laugh. And this is what Max said at the start. You know, um, we've had some dark times. You know, we had some dark times there. Uh and it's tricky. And I take my hat off to anyone that opens up a chain of restaurants or, you know, even one or two. It's just, it is hard graft. So um, that game is, is great if you can get it right. Yeah. So coming, coming back to obviously now, <clears throat> next Monday, everything opens back up. You can have people back inside uh, Pigsty down at, down at Wappen Wharf in the cargo containers. Do you got, are you, how, how involved are you guys? In that restaurant, are you actually working there? Do you just dip in and out? I know you've got a team of people that obviously, you know, are are your staff. You've got your marketing manager, operations manager, general manager, lots of lots of names and faces there. How how does that work in terms of between you three and and the running of that restaurant? It might be good, Josh, for you to explain what you do with uh, Pigsty and also talk about Ashton Gate. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I we we have a general manager, Tom who does a great job of running Pigsty. So he's there running the day-to-day, you know, um, making sure it's all running. But, you know, I will go down there and do the odd, odd shift. Uh, I really enjoy getting in the kitchen. Um, so, like, for me, I've, it's just a good, good fun day getting in there, cooking as many pig wings as I can. and um, <laughs> Cooking, yeah, cooking. <laughs> yeah, testing. Um, but it's, and um, learning. And learning <laughs> and getting fatter. But it's, um, but yeah, we, um, uh, yeah, so we have that team running p- pigsty and, you know, I'll, I'll be there doing DIYs in one day or 
you know, doing bits and bobs. Um, but, um, you know, what's exciting actually for next Monday is we, we have a first fixture at Ashton Gate, which you can believe the rugby. rugby yeah. And I'll, I mean, we're all big oh. rugby fans, you know, and the, the Bears are like my team. So it's like, it's a... Uh, they're flying, you know, aren't they? Yeah, they're flying. And, I, you know, we've not, I've not really got to see them that much. Uh, I don't have BT Sport, so I can't, I haven't been seeing as many games as I used to when I was... Oh, can you sort them out with BT Sport for all these sausages he's churning out? <laughs> oh my gosh. Don't be so tight, Josh. No, nah, I'm too tight for that. But it's, um, I, uh, but you know, but I love watching the live rugby. So I've been able to sell a few sausages before the game, go watch the game, get out for half time, and then get back into the second half. There's nothing like the crowd is there, you know, so mm. I'm buzzing for that. But being back at Ashton Gate, uh, open up the stall, you know. We do an array of like jolly dogs down there, pull pulled baps, and just a load of good porky treats down there. So it's a uh... yeah, it's kind of a shame because we we opened the kiosk. We haven't done a full season at Ashton Gate yet, but we got a kiosk in the Lansdowne stand, um, okay. and it's uh and it's been it's been great, and we, we love it. And obviously, being Bristol Bears fans, and um, it, it sort of adds to that as well. But we um, we've had that. We, well, we opened that, uh, when was it, Josh? Like the summer before COVID yeah. and we didn't quite get a full season out of it. Right. Um, but yeah, we met, actually met with Ashton Gate yesterday, didn't we, to discuss reopening. Um, it's all like just super exciting. I mean, it's going to be hardly any crowd there and it's like test events and stuff. But coming out of COVID, I think just to be able to see customers again and to give them food and see smiles on faces is just going to be bloody great. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. I can't wait to get back. To, I can't wait to get back in that ground, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's gonna be great. I don't, I don't think there's any city fixtures. Um, yeah, all done now. Yeah. Season's finished now. Yeah, so Thank the God. next six, or, <laughs> six or seventh of August is, is going to be the first home game. So uh, yeah, get that in your diaries. Um, so, so what does the future hold then for for Jolly Hog for for Pigsty? Are you happy where it is? Are you going to bring new products to the market? Are you going to try another restaurant? What? Uh, anything you can tell us about the future? Ooh, um, Top secret stuff. No, there's uh, a podcast exclusive coming up. Breaking news. <laughs> Three, two, one. Uh, like, oh, yeah, I can tell you about a few launches. I think like there's been just before I talk about new stuff, there's been so much new stuff that's happened over the last year. We're still trying to collect our thoughts because we've launched into Tesco's co-op Waitrose, uh, all massive. Um, in the last year so we're kind of um, there's, there's a lot behind all that I think in terms of new stuff around restaurants we're always looking for like good sites if there's some you know another place like cargo we would open another pigsty if we could um, we'd love to in that sort of um, small restaurant setup um, we've got we have got a little um, kiosk at Bass Bar train station um, okay. which, which actually we opened on the 12th of March 2020 um, which was, I think, I think we describe it as the worst time to open anything in the history of time. Um, so we opened for twelve days and had to shut it. Um, Best twelve yeah. days ever. Best twelve days ever. <laughs> it was oh, it's bloody hell. But after a year of work, but it was. I think Ollie was saying like other opportunities like that. Now that's back open and we can see that that could work. Like little fixed sites would be great to just showcase our products in in application. You know in different ways in which you can cook them. And that's why Pigsty has been great for us because it's, it's been a showcase of Jolly Hog. Just to touch on something. When the new arena you... opens, Patch, if you're at, at uh, the, the YTL Arena. Causeway, yeah. That'd be yeah. a good little venue. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. it would actually. Yeah, that's a good idea. We, um, in terms of like other things that are happening this year for retail, we're launching uh, a range in of ham, so uh, jolly good ham, uh, which is like a natural extension. I don't know if you guys like ham, but we love ham, um, and we've got a really good one. So it's a it's a thick cut. Um, we've got black treacle ham. Um, we've got a honey mustard. We've got a double smoked. And an oven roasted, and so we so we basically we're launching ham in September, so we're really excited about that as an extension. Right. It's a natural extension for us. So, um, and then um, we're also launching a burger, um, a beef burger, and uh, the Jolly Cow brand. Um, so uh, again, we're we're really looking forward to getting that off the ground. Um, and then there's a few other projects around Christmas because in the retail world, you're talking Christmas a year in advance. Um, I and mean, we've been talking pigs and blankets nonstop for six months, which is partly why we still love what we do, um, mm. because pigs and blankets are great. Um, so yeah, a lot of stuff happening around Christmas as well. Wow, really think- diversifying the products there, Rich. Go on. There's a, there's a pub in uh, Kingswood called the Jolly Cobbler. I'm thinking <laughs> Christmas. Collaboration. The Jolly Gobbler. Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder where you're going with that. See. Yeah. So that's ten percent for the arena show, ten percent for the Jolly Gobbler. I tell you what, you can get your glass from your ticket now. Oh, mate, oh, yeah, that's that's worth more than any money. Believe me. <laughs> Just t- touching on something that uh, that Ollie said there. Um, how how proud does it make you guys feel when you're walking through Sainsbury's in this in this the sausage and meat aisle and you see your faces? Because I, I I was in there today actually, and I walked past and I saw your faces and I thought God I'm, I'm chatting to these guys tonight, so I picked it up and uh, obviously obviously bought it everything everything. Um, but how how proud does that make you feel, Max, to see to see that when you walk through the supermarket? uh yeah it, it, i guess when it when we first went in it was surreal um we were in Ricardo first it was a little different but uh it was extremely unique that someone could press a button and order our products to their door like that just blew our minds initially but then actually going into sainsbury's well i remember me and ollie i think i think josh as well we went into winterstoke road sainsbury's which we had 39 stores which is tiny in retail world um, but that was our first Sainsbury's listing. And we went into Interstate Road, which was, I think, the only Bristol store that we were in. And um, and we just stood there for ages, just looking at it. like going, <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to look in my ugly mug on the pack, but it was just a shot. And just watching people go up to the the, 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 set, the sausage section and just like peruse it. And then Did I you think hold Ollie, up your sausage and say, oh, do you want to try these? <laughs> oh, yeah. Ollie, Ollie, Ollie does stuff like that all the time. I, 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 I look... <clears throat> I'm that weird big hairy guy that hangs around the sausage category asking people questions so like I got um talking to a guy um and I, I was like oh just wondered you know what what sausages do you buy um <laughs> randomly I think it was Longwell Green I can't remember and um and he was like oh I only buy the best I only buy the very best for me and my wife I was like okay cool he was like yeah we, we always buy them we have them every every weekend I was like oh what's that and he was like oh Richmond sausages I was like oh great cool <laughs> Yeah, um, just, just a branded sausage basically yeah yeah exactly but yeah no the um i guess uh, max has said it but that feeling of getting a product launched and getting out there and people enjoying it on a big scale is brilliant absolutely brilliant and like we are so lucky me max and josh because we absolutely love what we do um and we're very fortunate to be in a business that is going quite well and and we love it uh, and people like the product so it's good, we're in a good obviously, but obviously very good at it as well so thank yeah. you 
Yeah, no, it's great to hear. And it's a great story. We love, we set out on this podcast back in 2015 um, to celebrate Bristol, really. And I can't believe it's taken me 154 episodes to get you guys on. But um, <laughs> it's an absolutely fantastic story. And just, we started with, um, you know, talking about your first product. So Josh, you said that wasn't your favorite. What is your favorite product? If you could only eat one of your products, what would it be? The Porky Black Sausage. 100% porky black sausage. It's a pork, apple and black pudding sausage. Um, it just goes with everything, but also it just um, by itself, just simply by itself, that's a great sausage. But, you know, for me, it's either a tie between that and the black treacle bacon. Yeah. Because my bacon consumption is just like, you know, is up there. And, um, and that is just a great bacon. So, it, you know, those two products are my favourite. Brilliant. Okay. Well, I I haven't tried the 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 one with the black pudding in, so I shall be going back to Sainsbury's tomorrow to purchase that. Rich, any final questions for the boys before we come on to our, our segments, which they're going to join in with us on? No, just like yourself, my mouth's now watering. I'm having <laughs> tea tonight, so I'm, well, I'm, watching, I'm watching watching Ollie eating something, and I'm getting hungry. So um, <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's Actually, move my- on. My one, I did have one last question. Um, so I guess Ollie playing for the Quins, you were based, I guess you were based. You, you know, say the Quins like you know anything about rugby, Rich. It's a pop group, isn't it, the Quins? <laughs> um, I guess you were based in Twickenham. Max said earlier about being based in London. How much was it, How much of it was an upheaval? Obviously, you're from Bristol anyway, but you know, relocating back. Uh, oh, sorry, is that me or Max? Is, um, either, either of you, me. Yeah, so I, when I retired from Gwyn's, I kind of always knew and I was going to come back to Bristol um, because it's great. Um, so, yeah, very, you know, I, was, I, I wanted to get back and I, li- I live between Bristol, Bath and Chip and Sobbury. So um, it was good to get out of London, mate, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Now, I, was, I, was, I was always going to move back at some point. Um, I'd gone away like to you know with a job basically for five years in London, but um it was never gonna be a forever for me. And um we always had a base in Bristol, you know, with production and everything. And yeah. it uh, but events always seemed to be in London. That's kind of where the big events were, and obviously Ollie's ties to Harlequins meant that we could start the business there and kind of grow it outwards uh, through that that really good network that we had there. Um, but a lot of it's you know, we're all Bristol based now. Um not up in London half as much, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Um, so we've got three segments on the regular show of the podcast that we do um, every episode. We didn't do it with Steve Lansdowne. Uh, we're probably pushing our luck a little bit with that one. Um, <laughs> but um, it's the Room of Doom, which is a play on Room 101. Uh, we do Rich's Rant, because Rich is a professional ranter. And the final one is recommendations. So I'm going to ask you guys what you're watching at the moment or maybe the best thing you've watched in the 15 months of the pandemic. Where, let's face it, we watch TV every night. Um, so we'll start with Room of Doom. Rich, do you want to go first and tell tell everyone what yours is for tonight? Yeah, uh, this happened to me last night after I played uh, Fireside at Filton. Is people who can't park their car centrally in the, in the space. So basically, that's kind of lose two stone to get the car door open and get into my car. Whereas the person obviously could have got a wheelchair at the other side of his car. So he's obviously parked one side of the space. So yeah, those people who can't park centrally between the white lines that are there to help you. I think that's fair enough. I think that's fair enough. It's a good entry. Uh, let's come on to one of the chaps. So Josh, do you want to chip in with yours? Yeah, I think mine is just going out for a jog. 
Um, I <laughs> hate it. Um, Max and Ollie try and drag, like, drag me out to do exercise and stuff. But, um, but, you know, like, I don't mind doing a few bits and bobs, but jogging, that's, that's, that can jog on. Yeah. Like it, like it, like it. Okay. Uh, right, let's go to Ollie next. Um, room of Doom. Um, I, mine's a school run. Uh, so uh, with the kids, um, Jude, get your coat on. 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 <laughs> Nothing, just blank. Jude, get your coat on. <laughs> um, uh, I literally can't deal with it. Um, I just usually just get in the car and start revving and beeping the horn. Um, it's not my thing. So I avoid doing it at all costs. I uh, completely agree with you there. That's a good one as well. Uh, Max, what have you got for us? Um, I've actually got two, but I. Toss it up between the two. I think probably the thing that annoys me the most is like a small portion uh, of food. Like when you go somewhere to eat and they just deliver something and you immediately look at it and you're annoyed because it's not big enough and it's not going to fill you up. That is really annoying, especially if they've gone too fancy at the expense of quantity. Um, that does annoy me. That would go in my room of doom. I had quite the opposite the other day. I went to Losteria. I don't know how you say it, but it's down in Cabot Circus next to what was Brasserie Blanc. Um, and I thought I'm eating and I'm having a takeaway tonight. I'm having a, having a friend round in the garden um, and ordered a pizza, expecting it to come out as one of those sort of, you know, small ones. And it was basically, you know, no one can see, but I'm, I've got my hands out like size of a size of a coach steering wheel. Um, and it was massive. And the, the salads came out as well, and they were blooming huge as well. So if you want a big portion, get yourself down to Lusteria, if that's how you say it. Um, so mine is people who switch off read receipts on WhatsApp. Um, so when you <laughs> when you send a WhatsApp message, it goes two blue ticks if they've read it. Um, but but you've got the option of turning off your read receipts. Don't know why you'd want to do it, just to maybe annoy me. But, um, yeah, people who switch off uh, the read receipts on WhatsApp. So just to recap, this is how it works, chaps. You get one vote. You can't vote for yourself, so you have to vote for one that you've heard. So to recap, Rich is people who can't park centrally in a car parking space. Uh, Josh is jogging in general, I think. Um, <laughs> Ollie is uh, – taking getting the kids out on the school run max is small portions and mine is people who turn off read receipts on whatsapp so coming to you first rich that is there is four difficult ones there because i can relate to all four josh's jogging i can't stand jogging i find it really boring actually that's a great idea for a tv show josh's jogging <laughs> the slowest jogging in the world yeah it wouldn't last very long would it <laughs> so i prefer yeah i prefer a walk bit of a headphones on yeah so jogging can do one the school run i don't know how old your kids are ollie but i got a 16 year old daughter nearly 17 not that i give her a, i didn't take on a school run obviously anymore but it doesn't change it's still nightmare they're still walking out the door when they should be there because i'm usually quite prompt and there's small portions i've never got that i've never got the jenga of chips with a carrot balance on top of it and the sauce around the rim and the plate don't get that just give you loads of food but I am going to vote for, yeah, the small portions. That winds me up. Nothing worse than going to a restaurant. I thought you were leading up to voting for me, Rich, which has never <laughs> happened. No, because I didn't, I didn't even know that was a thing. And if I did, I, now I do know it's a thing, I can now do it. Because <laughs> uh, when you used to have your kind of city uh, WhatsApp group, I had to mute it for eight hours. Because it would ping like a bloody, as if I was yeah, in a hospital on a heart. It's machine. not about the pinging. It's not about the pinging. It's if I send you a message... And I want to know if you've read it or not. Then the two ticks go blue. 
So that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about things. Well, you just got to rely on, if they've read it, they reply to it when they want. Nah. Not feel under pressure from you. Nah, no, thank you. Right, moving on. So you're voting for I'm small going... portions. Yeah. Okay, tick there. Right, coming back to Josh. Yeah, I mean, I too much small portions in my head. In. I mean, I could have easily said that instead of jogging. You know, it's nothing more disappointing <laughs> than going to a restaurant and coming out hungry and going to Macca's on the way home. Um, so, yeah. Small portions it is. Okay. Why are, uh, why are you winking, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> Ollie. Tactical, tactical vote. Um, I, I'm, I, I, it's down to the last two for me. So blue tick, it really, really, really annoys me because if you're not, like usually the people, WhatsApp's about quick comms um, and that just really annoys me. It's happened to me recently, so I get it. It is, I think it is, I, I don't mind jogging, so that's fine by me. I get the parking bit, that's frustrating. But for me, it's portions. And it, for me, it's not so necessarily um, just portion, like under catering there. But like, if you go to a wedding and the canapes aren't out quick enough, that gets right on my lips. Um, so like, do you know what I mean? I'm the guy by the door waiting at the kitchen for the canapes to come out. <laughs> that annoys me. Don't under, don't under cater <clears throat> weddings, never at weddings. You like to build a relationship with the waiter early, don't you? Yeah. A very close do you slip? Do you slip them a fiver or a tenner or a twenty, and just yeah. say keep coming back past me? You know, or, or just like physically dominate them. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. That that works. Okay. So I mean, you can't vote for yourself, um, Max. So where's your vote going? Um, the blue tick thing. Genuinely, that is yeah, that does annoy me. Um, but I think the parking, like two people like crossing over, like that is just. In a busy car park, that I've got a big, I got, a, I got a big car as well, and opening the doors. Yeah, big, and yeah. That is that is, that that would get I, my vote. That I really to, annoys I me. to crab walk into the seat, basically. <laughs> Which when, you, when you've just played football is quite difficult at my age. Okay, so that leaves me. I'm going to give my vote to Ollie because I'm very much experiencing that at the moment uh, in terms of getting out of the house to, for the school run. Um, and literally the school's literally around the corner. It takes two minutes to get there, but 25 minutes to get out the door. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So congratulations, Max. You are tonight's winner of the Room of Doom. The small it? small portions are in the Room of Doom, so it will never happen again. Okay? Well, that's, that's, that's how this works. Right, Rich, uh, what rant have you got for us tonight? Well, as you know, Patch, I can't stand Facebook and all it stands for. But I do, <laughs> I do, I do venture on it to... Make sure I don't miss anybody's birthday. I've noticed a new trend of people answering these stupid questions like, oh, if you crossed your mum's maiden name with your pet's name, what porn star would you be? Or what's your favorite car? What was your first car? I think people don't realize these are the common questions that you get asked when you're setting up your security online banking. <laughs> so somebody somewhere is kind of giving out all their personal information over time. So when they get, no, their money gets ripped out of their bank account, don't go moaning because you've literally handed out all your details on Facebook just for attention seeking you twats. So do you think, do you think that people like fraudsters are sat there coming up with these, these posts on Facebook to get the information? Is that where you're going with this? Yeah. If they can phone me at home and send you my internet's down just to get, just because I fall for it, they'll do anything. These people patch. Mm, okay. Just, these questions aren't set up because someone's interested in your porn star name is, are they? Well, I don't unless know. You're what, unless you're interested in that. What would your porn star name be, just out of interest? Uh, Mum's made her name Wilmot. <laughs> uh, I don't know. W Wilmot Sky. I don't know. That's, that ain't got a real ring to it, has it? 
brilliant. Yeah, people on Facebook are just happy to fill in all their details just so someone can like it or tick it or share it or whatever. Any other porn star names floating around? Something sausage-related? Hog or Jolly? The Jolly Sausage? <laughs> I don't know. There's too many. Jolly Gobbler again. There's too many puns when it comes to sausages and hog roasts and spit roasts uh, in our world. There's too many. Right. Too easy. Okay. Good. All right. Well, that's All that right. done. Um, on Facebook. Max, you had two rumor doom entries. I'm interested what the other one was. Um, horse shit <laughs> all over the bike track or any street or pavement really pisses me off. In fact, it does piss me off equally um, like the, the, the uh, small portions. But um, And they just get away with it. You know, don't have to do anything to clear it up. Don't make any effort. I know it's not as bad as dog shit, but it's 20 times bigger. And um, it sprays everywhere when you just have to cycle through it or run past it. So, yeah, that would go in. What, what do you think of people walking their dogs on the cycle path? Um, yeah, I, I'm mixed on that one because I've got a dog and I cycle. Um, yeah, but do you, I, did you walk it on the cycle path? Nah, no, not really, no. Yeah, because my head um, they, got yeah. the cho- they got the choice of every pavement in the local area, but they got to go on a cycle path. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That is quite annoying. Um, but the horse shit wins for me. Yeah. Like, that is but that's a, hell of a, that's a hell of a black bag to carry with you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, then uh, hang it, and then hang it from a branch on the side. I've got no solution for it, but it annoys the hell out of me. Yeah, I can remember going, like, as a, as a young lad, um, going down Ashton Gate and tr- coming out around the back of the, the, what is now the South Stand, and dodging big, big clumps of horse, horse shit. So, uh, yeah, no, I haven't seen it so much around my way in terms of I haven't ever seen a horse around my way. In fact, but uh, but yeah, I can imagine that will could be very frustrating. That's, so, that's uh, another thing. Horses. Who takes a horse for a walk along a country lane and just causes convoys of traffic? They got all the fields they can gallop in, but they go for a walk really slowly along the. Yeah, we've opened, we've opened a can of worms on horses, here, haven't we? <laughs> it's a lot of rumor dooms. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, well, let's let's finish off on on a high um, recommendations. I'll, I'll kick off. Uh, was very happy to see the return of this time with Alan Partridge. Um, absolutely fantastic. I've been following Mr. Partridge since the day to day in the old days. Um, and I think this time, uh, is some of his best work. Um, Rich, I know you're a fan as well. Um, it's really, it's, I've watched each episode now three or four times and every time you notice something different. There's so many yeah, layers to they, it. They, they, they got it nailed on, haven't they? Like the, the parody of the one show or those kind of breakfast TV programs, they have got it nailed on. And for a character to last this long and been at the top of his game constantly is genius absolutely genius yeah so uh, this time with Alan Partridge on BBC One at 9.30 every Friday or obviously on iPlayer and also um, a, a nod to um, to Ollie and his getting the kids out the house I don't know if you've ever seen Motherland yes but uh, that is yeah. brilliant season three started and actually Series. the whole of season three Series. is on uh, BBC iPlayer now so I've watched the first three episodes and, and just to say the actress I don't know her name but obviously she was uh the, one of the top top women in the uh line of duty recently and you couldn't get two more you know, different roles so yeah. fair play to her I i've think. actually i've actually worked with her when i was at extra all right I'm Rich, supporting artist. About it all the time every week he talks about oh. his extras work you brought her up <laughs> didn't you? you brought her up <sighs> sorry I'll anna maxwell again. I won't do it again. Have you got a number on WhatsApp? Get her, get her on the podcast. Yeah, she can't get restrained, all right, because um, <laughs> she, she wouldn't be milling. 
<laughs> oh dear. Right, Rich, what have you got for us? To be fair, Patch, I haven't really watched anything new because I, I, I can't get near the telly. The, the wife and daughter seems to be taking it over with, yeah, Motherland things out. Not that I wouldn't watch it, but I need to watch TV alone, I think. What, what do you want to watch alone, Rich? Just to explore I, I, that well, a bit more. As you asked, yeah, my garden room's been built next week. I'm having a garden room built. So okay. um, I'll have a full you know, list of recommendations soon. And will you have a large TV out there or are you going for projector? What are you going for? Uh, TV, I think. Okay, right, lovely. All right, let's see what the chaps have watched. Maybe something you're watching now or something you enjoyed over the last 15 months of uh, of being at home. Let's go to uh, Josh first. What do you like to watch, Josh? You know, do you know what I really enjoyed at the start of lockdown was Tiger King. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. I, I just, it was just, it just got better and better and better. And I, you know, it was just it was pure trash, but I just loved it. Absolutely loved it. Joe Exotic, he just, you, <laughs> you want to hate him, but some, so for some reason you like him, yeah. you know? And it's just like, he's obviously, he's a bit mental, but it's, uh, yeah, I thought, yeah, Tiger King, you know, yeah. that was, that was a good one. And, uh, and another one as well was probably Afterlife as well. The oh, yeah. thing on Netflix, bit bit more, you know. It was you know sometimes a you know bit of a sad watch, but yeah, it was just. I well, it's it is a it is a sad watch, but but there's so much humour in there as well. Yeah. Um, we're big fan of uh, big fans of Ricky Gervais, The Office, Extras, Derek. Season three being filmed as we speak, I believe. Is indeed, mm. is indeed. Yeah, Afterlife. And um, yeah, that's a great couple of recommendations there. So, um, Ollie, what about yourself? I've got a couple. Um, uh, Last Dance, um, the documentary with uh, Michael Jordan and the Bulls was like, I think the best sports documentary I've ever watched. I was totally hooked. I had to yeah. like ban people from the lounge while I watched it in silence. <laughs> Um, Even if you don't like basketball, absolutely fantastic. Like how they got people like Michael Jordan to open up in the way they did was just amazing. That story is incredible. Um, And then uh, just finished off Vikings season eight. Uh, No, all seasons finished it. Um, Just like brilliant, like totally brutal, um, bit of shagging. Uh, It was great. Um, And then my mate is doing a documentary which starts tonight. Um, called Big Boys Don't Cry about mental health and sport, uh, Joe Marler. So I'm going to watch that after this. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Oh, great. What channel? What uh, Sky. on demand? Sky? Yeah, Sky One, I think. Okay. Big Boys Don't Cry. Yeah, we'll have, definitely have a look at that. It's Mental Health Awareness Week after all. Yeah. So yeah, definitely have a look at that one. Okay. And uh, Max? Um, yeah, I mean, I was going to say the last dance because that was, it feels like an eternity ago that was on, but what, it does, doesn't what, it? <laughs> what, what a brilliant series that was, was unbelievable. Um, Succession oh, uh, was absolutely brilliant. brilliant. Um, basically sort of a, a, I guess, um, a version of the life of the Murdochs, um, which just absolutely brilliant. Love that. Um, and then um, it's not a new one, but um, Ozark, uh, uh just outstanding really dark as well um but i love that i think there's a new season coming out soon yeah. it um, started it started it started off not dark at all didn't it and then you know the the, the troubles began <laughs> yeah yeah it just gets spiraled hasn't it um yeah. yeah kind of a bit like breaking bad in that regard like it's kind of started a bit softer and then it just got like crazier and crazier but yeah really really enjoyed that looking forward to the next one one to point out for you three as as three brothers and you might have seen it the animal kingdom on prime 
It's about a family um, of, I'm not giving you any ideas, but a, a family of, of basically crooks in the States. Um, but they've got this mother who is basically runs the family um and you know apart from when they're doing bank jobs and things they're 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 basically partying and having a general good time so um one to one to explore i'd say for for you guys not to give you ideas but it's basically how how the brothers interact and everything and there's you know several good characters in that and you'll recognize one of the guys who was in the boys on prime as well so um yeah on the back of um on the back of breaking bad anybody see uh, that thing with brian cranston called your honor on sky yes Atlantic. yes that was amazing wasn't it that was very good that's yeah. worth, uh, worth watching yeah that definitely was that was another one that spirals out of control um <laughs> actually can i just have a food shout out as well yep um, recommendations you can do anything um there was an, there's an amazing series on netflix called chef's table barbecue um and for anyone who's into barbecuing and we are like barbecue noises here um it is unbelievable. Some stories about um, there was one episode in particular about an, like an eighty-year-old uh, pitmaster who basically uh, she gets up at like midnight every night, puts on the the giant smokers that they smoke these these pigs on every night, uh, and she's done it her whole life. And it's just a fascinating insight into like hardcore barbecuing. Uh, brilliant, yeah. Chef's table barbecue specials. Ollie and Josh. Yeah, if we're going to do shout outs, um, I just wanted to give a shout out to a bakery, um, which we've been frequenting a lot. Um, and we love a bakery. So like we love the boys at Hobbs House because they're great and we work with them loads and they're just brilliant family business. But a little bakery down the road on Winterbourne High Street um, called Lockdown Loaves. Are you, I mean, you need to get her on. Hannah, she's an incredible incredible chef amazing baker just doing great things and she's gonna that is that in the rank of shops yeah like opposite yeah. the kind of estate agents it was it's actually it's actually in the old bakery so there was a bakery there before and was, she's yeah. in. she she went to our school but she's quite a few years younger than us and the croissants are just off the charts and lockdown i guess that's come out of lockdown has it or yeah, yeah she started it during lockdown yeah, yeah. I, I used to buy an apple strudel every day from that bakery when it was in. <laughs> is that when you gave them their letters did you exchange it for an apple strudel oh if, I, if, it, if it's that easy i'd save myself a lot of money <laughs> but if we're, if we're doing more shout outs one more shout out barner glasses i bought these babies right because i'm always seven hours a day on a computer then on my phone uh made in their Made in Spain, they literally cut out about 80% of the blue light. And I've had them over a week now, and I tell you, they work. I don't feel half as tired on the evening. My eyes aren't drying out. So really? these, these things, about 60 quid, but uh, got loads of different frames and options for men and women and kids. So yeah, Barner, they're called B-A-R-N-E-R. Thank you. Glad you spelled right. that. Um, <laughs> is that in Bristolian, it's bar, Barner. Barner glasses. Barner. Um, just on the smoking front, we actually uh, probably probably about three years ago, Rich, wasn't it? We went to the house of the chap from Social Smokers um, and he went to town, basically, didn't he? And, and smoked all sorts. That was um, a great day. Yeah, I'd have to listen back to that episode um but yeah no that was that was a great day and whilst whilst we're in the, the foodie mode a shout out to uh girt wings um i don't know if you guys have ever tried girt wings but they're based in swindon but they're at finzel's reach often they're on the on, on the center often as well um, definitely try those 
and uh, ice cream tacos. Um, Mark Podge yeah. Powell, who has the yeah. taco van. Uh, yeah. you, have you guys tried that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Josh and Ollie actually organised for him to turn up in my driveway for my birthday in lockdown. Oh wow! Um, bloody brilliant! Yeah. It was really, it was yeah, no, way, no way, Josh, getting any credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I organised it. <laughs> so he, um, he came on our podcast four years ago, I reckon, when he when he first started, and I just saw this van going round, and I I chased after it to get the the name and the number. So. Uh, got on him got on him straight away and and we've done three christmas specials with with mark from ice cream tacos anthony vickery who's chef anton on facebook look him up um and gert wings in 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 the last few years and really funny episodes if you uh if you if you're listening and want to laugh go back and find the last three christmas specials uh with uh, Gert Wings, Taco Tone, or Chef of course, Anton. Um, of course, Chef Anton and Taco uh, Podge from Ice Cream Tacos are big rugby fans, aren't they? I think they're coaches at Kingswood Rugby Club. Yeah, shout out to Kingswood Rugby Club. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we'll leave it there. Thank you so much to you three guys for, for coming on the podcast. Thanks to my, one of my best mates, James Burge, for, uh, for setting it up. Um, it's been great to hear the full story and have a bit of a laugh. Um, yeah, it's been fantastic. So uh, really thank you very it. much for brilliant. coming on. Hope you guys have had a good good laugh too. Yeah, cheers, lads. Yeah, thanks a lot for having us. Um, it's, brilliant. it's been brilliant. Um, and yeah, say hi to Burge as well. I don't know how he's still that skinny with the amount of food he eats, but I'm jealous, <laughs> I'm jealous about that. <laughs> yeah well with, with three kids and two dogs and just moving house he's got a lot on his plate so uh literally a lot on his plate um <laughs> thank you guys thanks for listening everybody we'll be back next week with the bonus show we've got tommy conway coming on about talking about his breakthrough season at ashton gate for bristol city um and yeah we'll be back again soon take care good night Crashing 